A TV series lives three lives. The first ends with a series finale, the second with the rewatch of the series, and the third with a fan commentary podcast that accompanies the rewatch of the series. It is inevitable that they go through all three stages. The first watch will turn into a rewatch, and a rewatch into what you see before you. Travelers, a dark podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Travelers, a dark podcast. I am your host and traveler, Brad LeBaron. And we have uh, my, my sister and fellow traveler, Mel LeBaron. How you doing, Mel? Doing pretty good. Yeah, doing, it's, it's a good day. It's a good day. We won't say why, but it's, uh, it's, it's, feel, it's looking bright. Um, and then uh, we have back a, uh, a regular guest of ours, and uh, you heard him on the last episode, actually, talking about uh, the end of season one. We have Tim Kipples back with us. Welcome, Tim. Hi, Brett. Hi, Mel. Hello. Welcome back. Um, so the last time we were together, there what we uh, were talking about the end of season one. And uh, by the end of it, there was just it just became very clear that there was just a lot more to discuss. So uh, we have uh, we have come back together to just do a season one kind of overview episode to uh, just talk about it outside of just specific episodes because with this podcast, with this kind of show, I mean that's extremely necessary. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, because we 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 went like an hour and a half last episode, and it, it was there was just still so much left that we we you know needed to discuss. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's it's been um, a little a little bit since uh, uh, we did that episode, and you know, full disclosure, Tim, you we you know you have seen season two now, but we will you know we will be focusing on season one, and we will you know like always be trying to as travelers not. Uh, not get you too far ahead in in the story, so. Um, but yeah, um, first we're just kind of do like uh, uh, I guess a general like uh, we were gonna try to do like a general overview and reaction to the the season as a whole. You know what I mean? Um, Mel, what what were your like uh, um, you know thoughts about um, well how it from you know how it began to how it ended? You know, like, uh, it's a bit big question, but. Um, I, I just remember noticing a lot of new things that I definitely missed mm-hmm. when I saw it the first time. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated that overall, that it's a strong show where you can watch it multiple times and get something new every mm-hmm. time. So yeah. I was really impressed by that again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It has, it always has more to give. Yeah. You know? um, exactly. Yeah. One of the things uh, uh, for me was um, I, I, I really like how it's, it kind of goes between a lot of genres. It's, it's like, it, it's kind of a murdery, murder mystery. Like the first episode on its own seems like it's just going to get into a murder mystery. And then, it gets into these deeper relationship things and then the time travel and then the sci-fi stuff. And it kind of like it, it, it you know, go, it, it drifts between different genres and, mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
What about you, Tim? What do you think, uh, um, you know, struck you about, like, season one as a whole? Just, like, uh, how did it leave you feeling, <laughs> you know? Um, well, it became more and more complicated. Uh, that's something I noticed. And um, like Mel said, it is definitely worth uh, watching it more than once because you will mm. never get the full picture by just watching it once. Yeah, uh, that's very true. It's... Um... I, I, I'm sure there's stuff that we also missed. I mean, I do have notes. Like there are some things that, well, we didn't miss, but there's definitely, yeah, you have to look at it over and over again with a magnifying glass. Like it's, uh, it's wild. Um, yeah, and and you you need to know what happens in the later episodes to fully appreciate the early episodes because when you watch it for the first time, you just you miss so many things because you don't know that they will be relevant in the in the future. That's true. It's almost like a story told backwards. Um, like uh, the the way that the future influences the past almost more so than the past influences the future in this show. Um, because, yeah, it, it, like, you know, you assume if you assume, you know, time's linear normally, even in a lot of these uh, time travel movies, they apply to, you know, linear kind of time travel. But this is, you know, snake eating its own tail time travel. You know, this is, uh, like you said, much, much more complicated. Basically, the, I feel like in this show, it really plays with time really well to show that the future actions and words have a ripple effect and mm -hmm. affect uh, what happened in the past in a very strong way. And I really like that about this show. Yeah. And yeah, I, I really, you definitely notice that, especially, and, and you really appreciate it, especially near the end of the first season, um, you're like, holy cow, it all circles back because of this action. That's how that got, that's how that got started. Or, you know, yeah, yeah. the origin of certain things as well from the future actions. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, it's almost interesting because it, it reminds me of like, you know, uh, um, you know, scaling back, like, you know, outside of the show um it's it's almost like experiencing um history and learning history in general like sometimes you know the story that you know has been told in your you know class or you you know you know the the high points of those stories and then once you get a, the context of like a certain maybe conflict or certain period of history you know, all of a sudden, like, it changes how you look at those high points, um, you know, that are, you know, the short, the short list of uh, notes in history, you know. Yeah. May I compare it with uh, Star Wars, for example? Yes, always so, here. <laughs> <laughs> Just assuming if you, if the first episode of Star Wars you're watching is episode one, you have no idea what happens. But in, in reality, you're supposed to have watched episode four, five, and six before mm -hmm. watching episode one. So yeah. you already know the little kid is going to become Darth Vader. Yes. And if you know that, it's just a lot more fun watching the episode. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, that, that the prequels get like a, a real bad rap, but I mean, that they are contextualizing and it's a lot of the, uh, the fluff for the universe. Um, whereas, you know, four, five, and six is more of the, 
just the actiony fun stuff, but history is not always just like action and fun, you know, um, when you find the context. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really, I love this way of storytelling, um, because it, um, it, it's more, I think more reflective of how real life works. You know, you go with an assumption about certain things for a while and then you learn one thing and it completely shatters your assumptions of that thing. Um, being as vague as I can be about that. <laughs> um, but uh, let's talk about the time travel, though, for a minute while we're on the subject. Um, there's so at the end of the season, we have various ways of time travel that we need to unpack. We have the the suitcase that uh, the stranger is carrying around the tan house builds. We have the uh, the caves where, you know, you you crawl through uh, a portal to you know 1986 or. 1953 and then you have at the end of the season this uh, rift that opens up that Jonas and Helga touch you know uh, fingers and then uh, Helga well they're not swapped exactly Helga is thrown to 86 and then Jonas is thrown to the future which would be I'm assuming 50. well we don't we don't quite know how far away he is now he's he's far in the future though I don't think they make that clear at the end of season one. Um, okay, yeah, they don't. But if you assume that you can either go 33 years to the yeah. future or to the following, past, it has to be 52. Yes. Following, yes, you're right. Following the logic of the, the show, it should be 52. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so so there's that. So, you know, that's probably the one we know the least about. And, um, oh, and then the death chair. How can I forget the death chair? Um which uh, jury's still a little out on that one as far as how that that works. <laughs> I don't know if we quite even got to the end of the, the depth of how the operation of the death chair works. Do you guys have a good handle on that? I just have accepted that somehow it works. I just have, like, okay, you stick the kid in there. They never have grown-ups in it for That's whatever true. reason. true. That's a good point. It's always kids. Maybe it's just harder to kidnap grown-ups. Um, yeah, but, that's, yeah, good point. But it's always a kid, and so far, only male, correct? Yes. Yeah, so, that's true. And teenagers to just boys, I think. Yeah, and we have uh, three deaths from the death chair so far, right? We have... Eric, we have yep. the blind or the sorry, the deaf uh, boy, and Mats. Mats. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, we know that we know that it's been used at least three times. Yeah. Right. And Jonas is supposed to be number four because Helga asks mm -hmm. who's next on the list, and Noah says Jonas Kahnwald. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, also made me wonder why do they have a list? Why can't they pick? random kids they, oh. they they have a list that they seem to follow in a certain order but why is it why mm. is it important can't they just pick any kid you know right yeah that's true interesting do all of the kids come from one of the four families 
or well the deaf kid is just from a random fam un- okay so family, that's not part of it mm-hmm. and eric okay. is eric is the brother of Ulrich, right no 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 eric yeah, is the brother are. of the male lead of ariadne who is not important right now but sure. becomes a character at some point <laughs> that's all i'll say <laughs> um but uh yeah there's eric and then oh, yeah mads i think is the only one that is part of the actual important families right okay but yeah they haven't really told us why yet but you're yeah, right they yeah. have a list yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean mads does you know he goes into the death chair and then he d- drops in that room with uh um uh, oh no, I don't have their names up. Um, uh, the Dopplers. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the uh, Doppler and Tranta. Um, and um, yeah, so he opened. So the, yeah, the death chair does open up a rift. We know that for sure. Um, um do we? I think because well, because like Mads went from the chair to that falling through that rift, right? Through his body he... falling. Well. You're yeah. right. Someone could have opened a rift and just throw him in. Yeah, my my theory when watching this was well, the chair didn't work. Mads died, and they somehow opened the rift with some other device, you know, to yeah. uh, dispose him in the future, so he won't be found in in eighty six. Yeah, it could yeah. be the chair, yes, but he. Hmm. Yeah, there could be a whole there could be a whole YouTube video about just the the, the chair, the kill chair <laughs> timeline, because uh, uh, jury's yeah. still kind of out on that one. We never actually see them using the chair. They we, we see them preparing the chair and we see the result, which is a dead kit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. And we we rarely see the bodies being moved from A to B. Like there was that one episode where like they, they just show up on that pile in the construction area where they're building the uh, nuclear site. Oh, they're, yeah. just, mm-hmm. they're just, you know, on that pile in fifty three. Which you know, I'm just thinking, they probably the pro- the reason no one in no one in town knows about the thing in '53 with the dead kids is because they were trying to, they covered it up so that they couldn't so that they didn't tarnish the nuclear plant because like everyone in in '86 and in uh, uh, 2019 they say this has happened before, but they're only ever referring to '86. Yeah, you know, true. they're not referring like fifty three. They found two dead kids as well, and they, you know, which is suspicious on its own. Which is, you know, dead kids not connected to anyone. Um, and then, yeah. So I think that I think that in the town, it's not known that those two dead kids were discovered. Besides Helga finding out and running off, but otherwise, not known or not cared about. I don't know. <laughs> Are we sure? Don't they accuse Ulrich of killing those kids? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? <laughs> You're right. That's how they close off that that uh, story. Yep, that it's not sense. a cover-up. It's actually, they pin it on Ulrich because, well, probable cause. It was a pretty open-shut case after he beat Helga in the head. Um, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an open and shut one. Um, 
But yeah, it, but they, they, yeah, the, the chair, we don't ever see the bodies show up where they show up necessarily. Uh, I think that they're, you know, we mostly just see them coming out of portals. And that's about it. Um, so yeah, the chair, jury's still out on the chair. And there's also uh, uh, the briefcase, which, you know, we, we pretty much understand, like, the... Like the briefcase is there because of the bootstraps principle, essentially. Like he's told how to make the time machine, so he makes the time machine the way he's told how to make it. So he doesn't actually invent the time machine in any any point. Tanhouse, I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I feel like that the the yeah, like Tanhouse said, like this one explains itself. Like it's. We know where it's from. We know why it's there. We know what it's connected to. Um, so, I don't know. Is there is there much mystery with the the briefcase at this point? Well, just the bootstrap paradox on its own, which is that's quite true. difficult to it's, understand. Yeah, you kind of are you kind of are forced to just accept it in this show because the because Tanhouse is just like, well, I mean, bootstrap paradox. That's I, I I created this because I was I created this, <laughs> and he seems very okay with it. Um, but yeah, it is definitely like a logical problem, you know. Because uh, yeah, we don't Not know the only one. Yeah, we don't know who made the blueprint um, as of yet. I don't know if we ever find out, but we we'll, we'll definitely get there. Maybe get there. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, the briefcase, and then, um, uh, one of the things about the caves that we didn't talk about, uh, a whole lot exactly was, um, who built the caves? Did we talk about who tunneled the caves or, or theorize about that? I don't think we did, <laughs> but anyway, um, that's a, that's a, that's a big mystery at the end of season one, too is, uh, uh, you know, why are the caves even there in the first place? You know, I remember being very confused about that because, like, you know, there's words on the doors of the cave, you know, obviously, like, you know, someone that knew Latin, at least, uh, made these. Um... Actually, I never questioned the existence of the cave, because um, in German they call it Höhle, and Höhle is something that's not man-made, that's not artificial, that's something oh. that you know na nature does. And oh. I just assumed that they they took a cave that was already there, you know, yeah. uh, formed by geological processes, and yeah. they just built a door in it. Oh, I see. That you know, that's that's like some nice context. Um, so it's yeah, it's more of a, a um, an idea that you're familiar with. Um, yeah, cause I was, cause me personally, I was thinking like, uh, maybe it was made, you know, millions of years in the past or some ancient civilization thing. Um, that's where my mind went when I was like first, you know, first time watching through. Um, I, I thought when I was watching it, I, I just took the tape for granted as a natural phenomenon and the fact that whoever owns the nuclear plant owns part of that cave and then they were like, hey, uh, we got all this private yeah. land and includes the tunnels. 
Yeah. And so people won't have access other than that one blocked off. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the one that everybody sees in the show. Yeah, yeah. The iconic uh, uh, cave from the, like, a lot of the, the ads. Of the yeah, yeah. Right. But otherwise, they have uh, church, they can hide things because they're a private entity, etc. So I just assumed that that's what happens. Yeah, I don't think it troubled me a whole lot. I think for me it was like a passing thought, like uh, hmm, sure. someone had to have made these. Um, yeah, for sure. Mostly just because of the door itself. Like if it was any other aspect of it, like if they if there wasn't a door and there was just like three, you know, pathways leading to the center, I, I think I would have come to the same conclusion as you guys. Right. But for mm-hmm. me, I was like, I was like, wait, that's Latin. Latin means <laughs> Latin means history. What's going on? <laughs> you know. <laughs> um but yeah so there's there's uh uh that's a mystery at this point and then um obviously there's the end of the season where jonas takes the briefcase uh right to the spot under the singularity can you clarify which jonas sorry sorry stranger jonas middle okay middle jonas stranger jonas i don't know We'll say we'll say middle just because we've been going with middle, like we've been we've been using that to differentiate characters. Um, so yeah, middle Jonas. There is no end Jonas as we know of yet. Um, but middle Jonas is. Why am I talking about middle Jonas again? <laughs> because you didn't clarify. But I didn't know if you were talking oh, about. Oh, sorry. Maybe. Time travel. He so at the end of the season, he's going to the end of the cave with his briefcase after talking to Tanhouse because he believes that it will if he puts it if he if he triggers it when the singularity happens that he will somehow uh stop the loop right i think that was the intent yes. and claudia also is an influence as well old claudia mhm oh that's right uh, does, uh-huh. does old claudia interact with stranger jonas in this season no she doesn't okay they just know of each other right i believe that do, do they i don't even know about that i just know noah knows about her and her grandson uh what's his name um, Bartosz. Bartosz. yes yes Bartosz Bartosz. is aware of her because noah kind of gave him the heads up Hey, there's going to be an old lady who's your grandma <laughs> who's going to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, must have been a very interesting conversation. Yeah, and we don't hear the or the original conversation, mm-hmm. but we do know that he wasn't surprised to see Grandma Claudia. <laughs> yeah, not nearly as surprised as he should have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, what's up, Grandma? <laughs> never seen you before <laughs> yeah no a lot of a lot of um a lot of stuff like that going on um and uh yeah i mean that's i feel like you know by the end of the season you pretty much gave a sense of the time travel mechanics for the most part even if it's not all explained you're like yeah okay kind of kind of get how this works yeah they set the foundation with the general ground rules mm-hmm. they explain it enough yeah 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 
they do subvert your expectations at the end by sending him so far in the future. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably the last thing that is like uh, complicates the time travel because so far it's all been about 33 years in the past and 33 years in the future all around, you know, those three time periods. Mm -hmm. And so at the end, they just throw him off into presumably 33 years past 2019, and uh, which pretty much opens up another can of worms, which because it, it means that, oh, this is going beyond those three time periods, which means there's more problems. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. So time travel's fun. I love the time travel in this show. It's my favorite time travel I've ever seen done. Um, but you want to, uh, Mel, you want to talk about uh, the strong female characters in this show. Um, yeah. Do you want to you want to go off on that? Sure. Um, I when we were thinking about recapping season one, it kind of hit me that uh, all of the female characters are strong and have a their own agency and their own stories, and mm -hmm. that's not as common as I would like. But I thought it was really well done. Yeah. They all. They stand toe to toe with men like, um, not Claudia, but the police. Um, oh, police. Charlotte. 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 She and Ulrich are toe to toe as far as their being in charge and looking yeah, into things. Yeah. Um, and then even the younger teenagers, um, are still strong. All of them are. Yeah. Even the, youngest, even the youngest, even the young, like, um, <laughs> Elizabeth, even, she's the youngest one, and, like, even her, like, just, right. yeah. I think the only one that's, like, uh, uh, well, I mean, she's a strong female character, but in a kind of negative sense would be Hannah. Well, yeah. that's why I like Hannah, because she's a strong person but she's on the evil side if you will yeah yeah and she's not just looked down as well some people might look down on her and kind of be uh -huh. like oh she's a b-word or something i don't know because yeah yeah when you perceive a strong female sometimes that happens yeah um, yeah whereas if it's a strong male who is a bad guy you don't necessarily look down on them for it you just kind of accept it uh -huh. so, yeah yeah yeah, but yeah. Really, i really like that part about uh hannah i mean well, I yeah, especially I at the beginning that. like she is definitely presented in a very uh, sympathetic way like i mean and i really like you know it took me a long time before i even started to think uh negatively about hannah because like she right. is a sympathetic she does have a sympathetic story and um, even with all the bad, you know, there is humanity in her story as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's also what I like about all the characters is they seem to have depth and they're not mm -hmm. playing tropes. Yeah, yeah. So far, I think the uh, perhaps tropiest would be Noah. Just because he's a shadowy, evil-ish, just maniacal guy. Sure. <laughs> and you don't know what he's yeah. up to. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, they, they um, do a really good job. Uh, we were saying, like, as opposed to maybe, you know, for instance, a lot of uh, U.S. television where you'll have a... They, they make a big thing of there being a strong female character, but, like, it's... Um, it's like almost tokenized, like they you know want to put them in just because they feel like they're supposed to, whereas this feels more like it's just very natural. It's not uh, pandering to feminists or feminism necessarily. It's just just presenting good characters. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I love the show. Yeah, and Cat Catherine is also one of my favorite characters. Um, Catherine? Uh, Katarina, sorry. Um, okay. Yeah, I like Katarina's arc. Yeah, okay. very uh, a great example again of uh, uh, just uh, just badass, strong uh, woman, um, just fighting for her family and for her life, and just yeah. Um, but she's not very likable as a teenager, though. No, no, she. That's that's part of I think why I like her is because she, she seems flaws, and and you you kind of don't know what to think. But well, you might be like, oh, she's kind of mean, you know. But she has strengths and weaknesses, and they show them really well. I think. Well, it seems like most of her bad uh most of her baggage she's left in the past you know what i mean like she's still got baggage as an older woman but i feel like yeah. she's dealt with some of her anger and her pain unlike hannah you know yeah. hannah is less emotionally uh um well hannah thinks everybody's kind of out to get her kind of feeling <laughs> yeah she's yeah. everything super personally Yep. Like, oh, you're out to get me? Well, I'll get you first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she doesn't pull any punches with that. No, she does not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, and then Charlotte, of course, one of my favorite, like, just, just investigator characters in general. Mm -hmm. You know, um, she's just so, like, sharp-nosed and, like, you know, focused in a very, uh, uh, moral way compared to a lot of the characters like she's following she's mostly following the law and like um mostly not doing stuff that is super shady um so unlike claudia for example yes yes claudia is another powerful woman but also oh, yeah. has a lot of secrets um yeah. and not uh not necessarily she's more amoral I would say. I, I kind of put her in the Noah camp where she has a lot of things going on that we don't know what they are necessarily. Yeah, so kind of like yeah. In a sense as well. Yeah, so especially far. since we know that she is, you know, the old Claudio as well. Right. So um, we know that there is like a, you know, big untold story between 1986 Claudia and then the disheveled uh, uh, gray hooded Claudia. Right. Yep. Well, no, not hooded, just the gray hair. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but because, yeah, she's she's been through a lot. She's definitely <laughs> been through a lot. And we don't know any of it. Right. But, but Noah looks exactly the same. 
So true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what always made me think that Noah was on the side of like evil in like in my inside. I just felt like I don't like that he's the same age all these times. Right. <laughs> that's that's messed up. <laughs> um, well, that that just uh, shows us he knows how to use the time traveling thing. Yeah, yeah. Which I like. I guess I don't trust that much either. <laughs> you know, it's like he knows too much. You know, because um, yeah, he is—he is like the—he's the big bad. Well, you know, there's—it's—it's it's pretty gray for this show as far as morality. I mean, they—they try not to paint uh, characters as too stereotypically evil or good. Um, mm -hmm. But he's definitely the antagonist to Jonas in this season. Um, Maybe it makes me think of uh, the main bad guy in Inspector Gadget, <laughs> where he's just kind of petting his cat and, you know, yeah, making things yeah. happen exactly. for him. Just nefarious, you know? Yeah. He's just nefarious. He could be good. He could be good, and we're just we're just misinterpreting his, his uh, story arc. But uh, I don't know. Um. So yeah, there's there's a uh, uh, from the the you know youngest to the oldest of the cast. There's a lot of really great uh, female performances. Marta mm -hmm. has great performance as well. That Ariadne performance was just uh, amazing. Just good piece of acting. Um, and yeah, yeah. Just um, I feel like. Uh, do you have any other uh, female characters that you want to uh, uh, discuss? I think we touched on most of them. I think we great, covered great female them. characters. Um, and then uh, I think we wanted to talk about um, what, uh, speaking of like, you know, sides of, you know, Noah and uh, Claudia and Light and Dark, what side is Jonas or Jonah on at this point in his journey? Or what side is he kind of starting to fight for, the light or the dark, you know? Um, does he actually know enough to be able to pick a side? I don't think he does. That's true. That's true. But um, let's say, like, like Stranger Jonas, for instance. Um, he obviously is on, has his like own agenda, but it seems as though he's been manipulated by Noah in some way because he's do he ends up doing what Noah wants him to do, which is restart the cycle right because like right but he also seems to be collaborating with uh claudia mm -hmm. because yeah. she yeah. makes tunhouse build the time machine yes. which is then used by uh by jonas to to open the wormhole yeah, it's more like he's a he's an unwitting accomplice to both of them at this point. Yeah, they're using them as like a pawn. Yeah. And goal, perhaps. Like 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 Helga, just not not as obvious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah true. Definitely. And um, the light and the darkness. I think that's something that just Noah talks about, right? Does does uh, Claudia talk about the light and the dark? The fight between the light and the dark. Or does only Noah no. frame it that way? Because, like, that's something that I wanted to touch on a little bit is uh, uh, the the difference between the uh, forces at bay or at play in the first season. You have Noah, who is Avald Priest, 
And right. uh, Beaval, he's got the uh, the tattoo of the emerald tablet, so he's into a lot of like mythology and legend stuff, and he's kind of like representing <clears throat> the side of like, I guess, faith and belief and uh, stuff in reference to time travel. Like, he has this kill chair that he's like, we have to do this because it's our, you know, we, it's a, the destiny or whatever. It, it's just, it's all set in stone and we have to put pieces in place or whatever. Um, so like, he's like, he's kind of got this faith about him, about what's happening. He's got this, it's a surety and uh, everything like that. And then you have Jonas who is uh he he represents he he like goes to Tan House and he finds out like the science behind it and he's trying to figure this out from a I guess more uh, uh, technological and like uh, uh, physical way, whereas like yeah he like he's I mean I guess I I mean he's motivated by those things. He wants to figure out how to fix this in a very real like you know laws of physics kind of way whereas noah is like whenever he's talking about stuff it's always this kind of flowery uh language you know talking about how you have to have faith in what he's telling you to do so i just noticed that like as the the, the kind of different like completely different approaches they're taking to the situation um so in a way, Noah's in a way, Jonas is like the light for this season because he's like opposing Noah, who's doing really nefarious stuff. But does that make sense? Does that do, like what do you think about that like kind of dichotomy? Do, do you think that's accurate? Like, is there like a a a faith versus science uh, thing happening in the background of this as well? Um, I actually disagree because uh, okay. Noah is the one who works on the death chair, which means he must also know about the science because the death chair obviously is a technological machine. Mm. Yeah. Well, I it, guess... it, it, it certainly isn't powered by faith. That's true. That's true. But um, I guess I mean, I think that his like his inspiration for understanding the time travel is based on his like faith in what he knows, I guess. But I guess I guess you could say that he's he's being he's being in that sense he's being strung along in the same way that uh, Jonas is being strung along. So, yeah, I guess that yeah you're I, I think that you're you're probably right on that. Like because Jonas is doing kind of the similar kind of uh, uh, thing by being a pawn to what he believes is going to happen. You know. Um. But yeah, I did notice though that like it, it definitely um, the way that they uh, present it, like the way that Tanhouse talks about uh, the time travel mechanics versus how Noah talks about the time travel mechanics are very different. Um, although Tanhouse is not really good or evil, he's just uh, he's just kind of an informational guy. <laughs> Uh, the bootstrap, the bootstrap paradox guy. You know, he just exists to make this all work. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, just a just a just a thought that I had about the um, differences. But would you think that uh, Jonas is a traveler now? Would you consider the young Jonas uh, after he gets to the future a what they considered a traveler in the the show, or does he still not know what the path is? 
let's say he is at least on the path to being a traveler because yeah. he he goes to 1986 twice the first time more or less by accident because he doesn't know what's what's happening mm -hmm. but the second time he goes back to 86 voluntarily mm -hmm. he wants to go there and he knows how to do it and he also knows how to get back mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so speaking from this he could be a traveler he's definitely mm -hmm. not a voluntary voluntarily traveling to um to the future because mm -hmm. well th that's not his plan and uh he, we'll we'll see how he gets back or if he gets yeah, back yeah spoiler yeah. alert um <laughs> but yeah i i wouldn't say he's a professional traveler but he is definitely right, on yeah. his way to becoming a traveler he's an amateur traveler at this point yeah yeah he, he he has he's had a few adventures and uh he he doesn't he doesn't quite know how it all works but he's making his own decisions for the most part now without being just led along with breadcrumbs which is ironic because older Jonas has fallen into the trap of being led along by breadcrumbs and doing what people want him to do. Like, you know, doing, you know, essentially doing what Noah wants him to do in 1986 with the briefcase. Mel, are you, did you not, do you not know what I'm talking about? Uh, it's been a minute, so. so okay, okay. Uh, I'm just talking about the fact that, like, like Noah. Like, okay, you have Jonas that has this whole plan to stop the cycles from repeating, right? Right. And so he gets the information from Tanhouse. He gets the uh, uh, cesium that he needs to power the briefcase, and he opens it under the thing while the singularity is happening. But right. it seemed as though Noah knew that was going to happen and expected it to happen. Um, because Noah seems to know better that he's a, that you know Jonas is actually creating the uh, well, time loop and not closing it. Yeah. So that's that's what I mean when I say like you know he's like no or Jonas's pup you know being you know having his strings pulled and he's sure. following other people's breadcrumbs. But that's older older Jonas, mid, right. middle Jonas. Um. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he's he's starting to become a traveler, guys. Like uh, he's he's getting there, and and I think season two, he he definitely becomes a full fledged traveler. But he's right now, he's uh, he's just kind of beginning his journey. Um, but uh, yeah, what else we got here? We got the uh, oh yeah, Ulrich and uh, or sorry, Helga and Helga's arc. That's something we need to uh, unravel a little bit. Um, so, let's see. Where where do we even begin with, with Helga this season? He started off as kind of a mystery. And then he, you know, he was just, you know, kind of chanting stuff to himself in the beginning of the season. And then at some point, he kind of starts to become this uh, important uh, character to the story. Um, and you know more and more it seems like the stuff that he is just you know ranting every now and again in dementia isn't crazy um so yeah we, we talked about this a little bit on the, the last couple of episodes because this is you know the last the last two episodes of the season really really flesh out his backstory um but yeah, I think that what we what we need to talk about is what Helga's traveling 
like the implications that it has on the story overall overall sorry mm-hmm. right um and uh yeah one of the things i wanted to uh point out to start out this this part is um so we have uh 1986 right is the time where helga is you know middle-aged and uh, uh working at the factory and uh possibly noah at this point we don't know um but well yeah no he is working for noah at this point but um at one point in the series both all three helgas are in 1986 so you have old helga escapes and goes to 1986 to talk to middle helga about trying to stop him from what he's doing with noah and then you have young Helga, who at the end of the season switches with Jonah and ends up in 1986. So, you know, albeit old old Helga is dead in 1986 because of the car accident, because he tried to, you know, he tried to kill middle Helga. Um, but, yeah, for some reason, all the Helgas ended up in 1986. Which brings me to my next thought, um, which I did get from watching some some conspiracy videos on YouTube, um, which is that 1986 seems to be the the main timeline, like the key timeline, because that's where like everything seems to sprout from and then like kind of go back to in this first season. Would you guys agree? I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because like it seems like, um, yeah, you know, you have the future events influencing the past events and vice versa, and um, yeah, the the it, to me it almost seems like eighty six is this like gravity well for like time traveling and and uh, uh, events, um, kind of like they're talking about in the show, um, calling it like the origin, um, but. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that though. Like, like when I was first watching through, like I didn't like think that eighty six was more important than any of the other timelines. I didn't think that one was in particularly like you know, uh, uh, but yeah, it does. It does seem like you know, there's a like most of the stuff that's happening hinges on what's happening in eighty six. Um, but yeah, but before, but yeah, let's get back to Helga though. Uh, thoughts? Any other thoughts about Helga, Mel? I know I just kind um, of went off on his, like, uh, details. Know, didn't you talk a little bit about how Ulrich beating up little Helga kind of jumpstarts a lot of other things? Oh, yeah. Can you elaborate on that, maybe? Oh, that's right. Um, Good good call. Um, So I another thing um that I found out doing research is Ulrich ironically um and this is one of those you know uh, uh future influencing the past things again um yeah. by beating helga and putting him in the bunker and then helga waking up and then you know swapping time or you know jumping to 1986 in the bunker he he puts he basically puts young helga into noah's hands who then, you know, uses Helga to do all this messed up stuff. 
right including mads so basically while trying to save mads and mikhil he creates the situation that leads to their demise demise. Yeah. yeah yeah which didn't even realize at all i didn't even notice that at all my on my own so <laughs> i was really pleasant i was like oh man that's uh that's dark and um, <laughs> poor yeah. ulrich <laughs> yeah it, it it really fits in with the fact that ulrich is quite a poor bastard yeah yeah he's got a real uh real bad time um Besides the one-eyed man, I feel like he's like the most uh, disrespected in this show. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, um, he's such a well-meaning person. He just he's just so you know emotionally distraught, and you know he had problems in in high school because of some lies that were told about him. Like on top of Mads disappearing, like his whole life is just. <laughs> Just a really bad time, like over and over again. Yeah, well meaning, well meaning doesn't uh, being well meaning that doesn't doesn't always help. We have a saying in Germany actually that is um, das Gegenteil von gut ist gut gemeint, which means the opposite of well is well meant. Mm. Mm. Okay, I like that. We should have that. We should say that here. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, because, yeah, he ends up doing so many bad things with that well-meaning. <laughs> um, and it, man, I, I, can't e- I can't even talk about Ulrich too much more just because, like, there's there's more on the horizon for Ulrich. Yes, um, as, as we all know. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah. I'm not going to say if it's going to get bad or, or worse or, or bad or, or better. <laughs> sorry Freudian slip um so yeah we have at at the end of this um Ulrich and Helga's stories are very uh connected um you know as well as before we talked about you know Ulrich and uh uh Egon's parallels we discussed a little bit in uh, uh previous episodes um yeah, Ulrich's just connected with all sorts of stuff. Um, it seems more and more as the series progresses. Um, but yeah, uh, any other thoughts on on the the Helga arc, though? Like, yeah, just uh, one thing. I actually noticed it when you were summarizing uh, the fact that we had uh, three Helgas at the same time, all in um, eighty six. Yeah, and it just it just came to me that it is actually a very good thing that old Helga didn't manage to kill middle Helga because what would happen if he did, you know, because then oh, yeah. middle Helga wouldn't be able to uh, grow old yeah. to kill middle Helga. So that would be another par- uh, mm-hmm. paradox, which uh, I don't really want to think about. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And uh, let's, I'm just going to make a note right here, but that has implications possibly for later, much, much later in the series. Uh, Helga death. All right. Um, cause yeah, it is like, y- you'd think that he would think that before he did it. Right. But I don't know. I guess he just, he, he's not the smartest person. That's true. He, he does have dementia. Like that's, that's true. I, I'm pretty sure he does have dementia in the show as well as all the other stuff. 
but um, they kind of treat the dementia in as a kind of fantastical, uh, fun way because it adds to the story. Um, but yeah, yeah, good point. Um, and I also thought while thinking about this, does anyone, uh, you know, I, I, I'm about to watch season two, I'll find out, but I just thought about the implication that Helga doesn't come back to 2019, you know? Like, he just disappears into the woods and then never comes back. So, like, old Helga. Old Helga. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I, I forget if that's covered in season two, but, um, yeah, at the end of it, you'd think, like, yeah, at some point, people are going to be like, hey, uh, you think we should find old Helga? This is pretty suspicious, right? <laughs> um, unless they just all assume he's dead, but... Honestly, I should wait to talk about this until next season. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of probably one of the most important arcs in the season was Helga's arc. I think. I think he's like the uh, kind of connective tissue. Um, besides Jonas, I guess. He went on a, like a similar journey, but it was but much was much worse. <laughs> yeah. The whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he has, he just has a lot of, you know, low self-esteem, and he just follows Noah kind of more blindly, whereas Jonas is kind of making up his own minds about things and mm-hmm. and yeah. research, and he has a lot more clues from uh, Mitchell mm-hmm. uh, with the with the letter, the paperwork. Yeah, yeah. And the letter. Mm-hmm. Whereas Helga is just blindly following Noah because he's known him since he's a child, correct? Yeah, yeah. He 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 shows up in the kill room as a child, so right. um so Noah can take that young person and do do what he did. Yeah. A lot more. I think I'm starting to remember some season two as you're talking about this. Okay. <laughs> it's all it's all coming back to me uh, like as if uh, from a dream or something um oh you guys want to get into uh uh some conspiracy theories i found on the internet yes, I, have a, I have a handful of these <laughs> um so uh one of, one of the ones this isn't really a conspiracy theory but i thought it was a nice little note um someone mentioned that with the ariadne story that um, Noah, in a sense, represents the Minotaur in the first season because he is uh, he is subverting the heroes, uh, uh, what the hero's doing at every turn. It seems it seems like he's like it seems like he's there to to foil Jonas's plan in general. So, you know. As far as the you know Ariadne labyrinth story um, in the you know the meta story, I guess um, they're like he represents the Minotaur. And I was like, hmm, that's not good. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's nothing. I got more. Um, we have a, a a really great conspiracy theory that was happening uh, when season one came out. Um, that we didn't uh, we didn't think of, but uh, the idea that Noah could be Bartosh. 
that's something a lot of people were talking about and then it uh does kind of fit because like uh you know noah is is guiding him he hasn't been uh ruthless to him in the same way as some other characters they do have similar faces a little bit i could see maybe some resemblance if you're look trying to you know make that happen in your head um but yeah, what do you guys? What do you what do you think of that theory? Do you think that could be there could be some truth to that with just your season one glasses on? I yeah, I can see that possibility. If we see a little Jonas meet his young self and kind of guide direct him, then mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I think that's what some of the conspiracy theories were latching onto uh, was the idea that um, it's almost like a, 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 again Star Wars apprentice sith and then your jedi and your apprentice you know the sith and his you, uh, know, you have your you know different competing uh uh forces happening sure. although the, the stranger is more of a gray morality i guess what do you think tim yeah but if this is the case then we would have another bootstrap paradox which would perfectly fit into the show so uh, yeah, they like it the might bootstrap. definitely be possible <laughs> they do like the bootstrap paradoxes um <laughs> yeah there's are... another one in season two but yeah spoiler oh, yeah. alert i'm oh, not yeah. going to say anything well i was gonna say someone <laughs> also made the point that um well the, the the theory that they came up with uh i'll have to link some videos about this um was that noah Oh, this is one that I had actually my first uh, 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 watch through. When when Agnes came into the picture, I personally assumed that she had something to do with Noah. Like I don't know, I don't know why I was like she has an air about her that makes me think that she either she's either uh, married to Noah or was married to Noah. Like maybe he's the ex husband or a brother or something. But like they had that same air of like weird sureness about themselves do you know what i'm talking about i don't know she, yeah, she, gives, she always but... gave me off like the same kind of vibes as as noah to me um <laughs> but yeah and then the idea for this conspiracy theory was that that uh, uh bartage goes to the past and meets agnes and then uh, Tranta then would be Bartage's child, because if, if Bartage was Noah, and you know Noah and Agnes had a kid, and that kid was Tranta, dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's another fun uh, uh, conspiracy theory that would add, uh, um, a, you know, compelling kind of parallel between uh, Jonah and, uh, or sorry, Jonas and um, Bartage, because. They do seem like very similar characters in this season. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a fun one. I like I, I, sorry to I didn't think I, I didn't think that far, but uh, when watching season one, I would also have thought that um, Noah was Agnes's husband because she mentioned that her husband was a priest. Oh and yeah, that's how right. many priests do we have on that show? That's true. I forgot. That's probably the line that made me think like, wait a minute, that's that's noah <laughs> it's gotta be noah um but yeah and she's you know she seems like she's uh kind of starting some weird vibes in the household i don't know why <laughs> but um yeah yeah 
Um, another conspiracy theory we have is, uh, oh, this is a fun one. That everything after Jonas wakes up in the first episode and he takes his pill is a hallucination. And the whole like, and this is the, and this is like an early conspiracy that's like you know the whole like, it's all a a you know dream. It's all a fake reality. Uh, you know, like the Matrix or something. Um, but they they do kind of like play with uh, Jonas taking the pills and what do the pills mean? Why does he need to take the pills at this point? They never really explain it. So it's like kind of vague, I think. I know yeah, but still, with... it, it it would be very disappointing if that was true. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It would, be, it would be far too easy. Yes. Yeah. 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 That would be. Yeah, I'd be really. I'd feel robbed. I would feel really uh, uh, upset about that. But um, I think it's always a fun uh, a scenario to uh, think about. You know. I think of the old uh, Bob Newhart show. <laughs> Bob Newhart. Okay, this is really old TV. <laughs> was uh, that something that uh, was that TV? Yes, Radio? that was during the era. Of, <laughs> I'm like, sorry, I have no idea. <laughs> Taxi, uh, The Odd Couple. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So that what, era, but eighties. Um, Bob Newhart, who is an actor and comedy guy. Yeah, he had a TV show. Called the Bob Newhart Show, where he plays uh, uh, a therapist. He's okay. he's proto Frazier, basically. Ah, uh, uh, okay, okay. And then later, after that TV show ended, he did another TV show where he's um, playing. He he owns an inn, yeah. and you meet all the different characters at the end. Yeah, yeah. But they're they're very famous season finale. Uh, the second show is he wakes up in the bed with his wife from the first TV show. Oh, like Roseanne. Screen, yeah. I was running in in. And, <laughs> and just and a different I, show. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it was unthought of or done until then. Yeah. So yeah. everyone was totally shocked and thrilled by it. It connected. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the first couple of times that that one was pulled, it was probably a lot of fun. You know, right. um, I think Roseanne did it too. They did that for what the first time they like reset the story. Someone yeah. woke up, and it sounds like the alternative ending of Breaking Bad. Oh, is there an alternative? Oh man, that would have been that would have been horrible. To be fair, I don't think it was seriously an alternative ending it was just a joke really but right. when yeah. brian cranston wakes up and oh. is uh is like malcolm's dad again oh those are says, the... i just had the weirdest oh, dream yeah, those are my favorite memes like connecting breaking bad to to malcolm in the middle <laughs> oh man I, I just i love to think yeah that the idea that at the end of breaking bad he like goes into witness protection and then like starts a family or something i like that whole idea <laughs> um but yeah it's just so crazy that he played such vastly different characters like that it doesn't happen a whole lot <laughs> he is he really is he's uh uh he's he's one of the uh, best tv actors at least of our time he hasn't had a whole lot of luck with the movies but you know that's fine 
<laughs> you don't need it. You don't need to get on every medium as a celebrity. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a that's a fun little uh, uh, thought experiment. Um, what about uh, the black oil on people randomly? There's a time that in a, in Jonas's dream or something, black oil ish stuff poured out of his mm-hmm. ear, and then his dad showed up, or Mikael Michael showed up to him covered in that black goo. Um, right. Now I don't have any particular thoughts or theories on this, but what that is, I just I don't think so. No. Do they? I don't remember even if they there's more black oil in it, the second or third it, season. Uh, it comes up again. Okay. So it definitely comes up again. Yeah, but I don't recall yeah. getting any light on that. Hmm. I wonder if there's like I wonder if it's like something that they put in there that was like a potential like other storyline or something. We were talking about dreams just uh, just before, and this particular scene actually does happen in a dream, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Both, I think yes, both yes. Are, aren't they? Wait, does yeah. he... Is there a point where he sees his... Wait, 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 okay. There's his dream, and then um, uh, uh, Tranta's uh, wife, Jaina... Jaina? I think it's Jaina. Mm-hmm. Jaina talks about seeing something similar in the woods, right? Doesn't Jaina d- describe seeing someone covered like that in like as in a it was in a dream for her too, I think. Okay. okay. Yeah. So right. so I think okay, I'm assuming that then maybe in Jaina's dream it was like I don't know, Mads or something showing up in the the oil stuff. It's all, you know, maybe it's just uh maybe it's just like a dead people thing, like a way to kind of express that um I don't know, person missing in your life that you're that is guiding your life still. Like it's very ominous. It's gross and yeah. It doesn't quite fit in with the rest of the show to me. Right. Um I feel like it's more just artistic, I guess. Sure. Just yeah, like this is just to make you evoke a feeling of some kind that is dark and weird. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye on the the black oil stuff. See if I can can conjure up any conspiracy of my own. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah, I already talked about 1986 being the most important timeline. Um. Well, what do you guys what do you guys uh, uh, think about that? Like nineteen eighty six, kind of being the uh, um, the main timeline or whatever. Do you think that's accurate? Yeah, I thought so too. First of all, because the um, the the accident at the power plant, which creates the wormhole, happens in nineteen eighty six. Mm-hmm. And also, 1986 is actually the, the 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 only time where you can go into the past or into the future. You oh, know, when yeah. you are in 2019, you can either go uh, 33 years to the uh, to the past yeah. or 66 years to the past, but you can't go to the future. That's a good through point. the through the through the cave at least. So yeah. it seems that 86 is in the middle, so to mm-hmm. speak, and maybe that makes it more important. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was thinking like a like a gravity well is how I kind of imagine it. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mel? Were you thinking about something? 
Oh, I was just saying, I was thinking about how everybody can still exist in 86, yeah. either young or old. Uh-huh. But if you go back 66 years, some of the characters haven't been born yet, whereas most of them are alive in some age. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah, there's like a, like a crossover. Yeah. Like a Venn, it, it, Venn diagram. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. some people that are only in 53 and some people that are only in 2019 because of their right. how young they are. So, yeah, yeah most likelihood of crossover mm-hmm. in Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, plus, it you know, it, it falls in line with a lot of the science stuff um, that Tanhouse is talking about and it being the origin right. and... There's a lot of ways they refer to the origin and and the beginning and the end and yeah it's all kind of the same thing, um, but yeah there's a, 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 a what was I gonna say um, yeah yeah most important timeline sorry brain fart um, but yeah getting to the end of this uh, 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 podcast we are uh, starting to get uh, near the end here. Um, I just, uh, wanted to ask a couple questions, Tim, before we, uh, uh, go, uh, cause I have, I found my, my Tim list. Um, it's not, it's not a long list, but these are, these are like questions that are like, uh, um, you know, stuff that is specific to German culture. Um, so one thing I wanted to know is like, what are, uh, uh, the kind of, What's the like the hierarchy in police departments and uh, uh, policing in general? Because I noticed like it didn't seem like uh, Charlotte and Ulrich had like a sheriff deputy dynamic. It was more like they were both in the same uh, footing. Um, do you know anything about that? Like, is there like a power hierarchy with your uh, police, or is it like um, more like people are? I don't know even on you know yeah yeah there 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 definitely is a power hierarchy Mm -hmm. um i'm not too familiar uh, with that because i well don't work for the police and i don't think i know anyone who does all Uh i get all my knowledge from uh from films and tv shows okay yeah um but to me it seemed quite clear that um ulrich and uh, charlotte were were on the same level yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't determine any um, that one was more in charge of the other or any authoritative thing. If I remember correctly, they share an office, which is uh, almost a clear sign that they are on the same level. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're they're showing you like visually even um, that they are even. Yeah. Um, if if one of them actually were the boss, they would have an office of their own. Mm. I feel like no matter what in U.S. television, if there if there is cops involved, there the power structure thing is part of the story. It always inevitably becomes like, oh, you didn't listen to me when I said to do this, um, and uh, it's just a really tired kind of uh, trope we have. Um, but yeah, I like that. I like the way that they present um, the uh, the police in that show in general. You know, I was like, ah, man, if the police operated like that, I wouldn't mind them so much. Um, but if you go back to like fifty three. Is it fifty three? Um, fifty. If you go back to when like, Toronto was in charge, okay, he gets yelled at by his boss, though, 
yeah that's true yeah we do have that scene where where um not Toronto, Egon. Oh, Egon, yeah, Egon's, Egon's being yelled at by the younger guy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good so, point. So there was a hierarchy. More but I feel like that was more about the fact that he was retiring and that like he wouldn't be around long. Oh, like true. more like the one generation, like pushing out the last. You know. Sure. Well, we do see some kind of hierarchy in 2019 as well because uh, Charlotte gets to boss around some people. Oh yeah. yeah, that's true. She's definitely on a higher totem pole than the one-eyed man. Yeah, like yeah. there's a clear, clear power structure there. Um, just no respect for the one-eyed man. <laughs> um, and then uh, I guess the ne the next question I was going to have um, is actually based on something we were talking about last time. Um, we talked about the fact that this is, uh, I believe we said. I believe we determined this would be West Germany. Um, yep. And um, I was just going to ask, uh, just curious, has doesn't have nothing to do with the show uh, necessarily, but is there a cultural difference between East and West Germany today um, by any means? I'm just, you know. Um, not too much, especially not for um, people who were born after the reunification. Mm -hmm. But there are some signs where you can uh, where you can tell whether you are in in, in the west or in the east. Mm -hmm. The easiest uh, thing would be um, traffic lights. They had slightly different traffic lights in eastern Germany, and they kept it. Mm, okay, so um, there's a slight difference in the, in the look once you cross. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Ex not for cars, but for people. You know, there is a. Um, mm. um, a red man that tells you to stop and there's a green walking man that tells you to cross the street mm -hmm. and this little man looks slightly different in in, in the east and okay. uh, they managed to keep it yeah so yeah. By, by looking at the traffic light you can actually tell where you are okay. and um, especially in some parts of eastern germany they have a very significant dialect okay okay but when, when you hear that you also know that you're talking to someone from eastern germany okay but um the two parts of Germany are really growing together. Okay. We haven't managed it completely, but uh, I think we're on a good way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I know you know. I don't want to speak too much about what I don't understand, but um, at least from the rest of the world, it seems like you guys have been doing some pretty good stuff lately. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh, it seems like you know, uh, it's you know always. You're, you guys seem to be talking about human rights uh, uh, pretty quickly, which is nice. Uh, yeah. We actually had the um, 30th anniversary of the reunification recently. So there was oh, a lot really? of uh, special shows on TV and uh, they more or less summarized, well, there were some mistakes that were made, but uh, it, it could have gone a lot worse. Hmm. That's, uh, that's nice. Uh, they, they're like, you know, mistakes were made, but, you know, it could have been worse. They, they acknowledged the, the mistakes. That's nice. Yeah, uh, if we ever have to do it again, now we know what we shouldn't, <laughs> should, shouldn't do. Well, you know, we, we'll, we'll take notes over here just in case we need to know. Um, <laughs> so uh, the last question I have uh, is another one I'm just very curious about. And I don't know if you can necessarily talk about this, but let me know. Um, what is the weed culture like out there? Like marijuana? Because, like, I... Uh, you know, 
there's a few characters that you know, like you know, uh, smoke it or deal it, or it's involved in the show in some respect, and it seems to be framed in a way that is maybe similar to what I'd expect here in the U.S. Um, but what do you think about like what is uh, uh, is there a weed culture there or? Um, I don't have any first-hand experience on this, okay. and I'm not just saying this because uh, some police officer might listen <laughs> to that. I'm saying that because it's actually true. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it is, let's say, not uncommon. Okay, okay. Is it uh, something that is uh, still illegal in Germany? Like, is it something that is uh, at a, like medically legal? Um because we have, you know, in the U.S., we have all varying degrees of that, um, you know. Okay, um, no guarantee that I'm getting the legal situation completely right, but okay. I think legal, legal, uh, medical marijuana is legal if 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 you have it on prescription. Okay. Uh, smoking it for fun is not legal, mm -hmm. but it's usually not too much of an issue if you keep it to yourself and you don't yeah. have. To too, too much of the of the stuff yeah and if you really want to do it you just have to uh, drive to the netherlands which uh, has a border with germany and there it is technically that's, legal i suppose that's true yeah you can you can just drive to a different country pretty uh, uh efficiently yeah it's it's quite fascinating you can you can buy your joints there and it has a seal from the state which guarantees a, a certain quality mm -hmm. interesting so, yeah yeah different That's, than most other countries do it yeah it's you know um that doesn't like that that does sound like some uh states here uh nowadays because uh you know like i said varying degrees of legality but i'm always curious about that since like i uh i feel like the u.s kind of kicked off the real demonization of it and now that we're starting to get you know go in a different direction i'm always curious as to how the rest of the world is doing that um but yeah, I just, you know, it's something that like you know, a lot of characters are pretty doing it pretty casually. So I, I was assuming that it's pretty like, uh, you know, normal behavior for maybe a teenager to experiment in. Um, just like anywhere, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is something that can be expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A certain amount of people are going to uh, experiment with their mind. Um <laughs> But yeah, that has nothing to do with dark though. Um, but those are my those are my uh, questions that are specific to you, Tim. I want to make sure I get a few out here. Um, but uh, yeah, before we go though, if we could just ask you uh, one more question, and this one's a this one's kind of a hard one. Um, have you or having seen season two? Oh, actually, wait, 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 wait. End reaction new theories, and then we'll ask you the question. Sorry, I almost jumped the gun. Um, <laughs> so what is your, what are your guys' like end reactions to the season? And uh, I guess what uh, theories you have about season two from the lens of a season one viewer? Like, what do you think that future stuff's all about? Well, the future that we see in the last episode of season one is uh, definitely very dystopic uh something terrible has happened yeah you don't know what it is but uh, yeah. it's definitely a time where you don't want to live really yeah and uh, obviously it is the ending is quite a cliffhanger 
Yeah. Very you really want so. to know what's going on. Yeah. And to be honest, my um, my first thought of the the girl that knocks uh, Jonas unconscious yeah. is that she does look quite a bit like Claudia. So I thought maybe maybe that's Claudia, even though I couldn't explain why it should be her. But you know, when the um, when the uh, when when Middle Jonas um, activates the time machine and creates the whole um, yeah. wormhole thing, yeah, uh, then we we very briefly see old Claudia holding a gun, which is very similar to the gun that the um, teenage girl uses to knock Jonas uh... unconscious. So I thought maybe that's Claudia for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I was very at the end. I was that was the big thing. I was thinking, like, more so than he was in the future. I was like, who's that girl that hit him in the face, and why did they spend so much time focusing on her? And it becomes obvious that those people know about time traveling because she says, "Welcome to the future." Yep. So she must yeah, know that he's yeah. from the from the past. Yeah, that's the line. Yeah, it, it almost breaks the fourth wall in a way that you're not used to in this show it's like wait a minute you know a lot of stuff you know you know a lot yeah like <laughs> I, I mean could you just tell from looking at him that he's from the past was she expecting him like yeah, yeah. yeah it opens up yeah. a lot of questions at the end yeah. of the at the end of the season so um yeah, everyone will be really. Everyone is probably very excited having watched the first season to get in right into it. You know, um, and I don't. Uh, let's see, conspiracy theories for the future. Well, yeah, you got the one. Claudia might be. You know, it might be Claudia. Um, I. Uh, I think at this point, the first time I watched through, like I'll be honest, I had no idea what was. <laughs> going on compared to my second viewing like we i'm glad we broke down like helga's journey and ulrich's journey and stuff because like that all went way over my head the first watch <laughs> um yeah a lot of stuff to to pick up on um but yeah any other any other closing thoughts on season one though guys we're we're, we're, we're you know right at the end of season one now and we're, we got so much more to dive into <laughs> what we have watched is a drop what we haven't watched is an ocean, right? Sure. <laughs> I was just trying to put that in there. Um, but yeah, we have uh, one final question, though, for you. Having seen season two, does that change how you feel about anything in season one without spoiling anything, Tim? Um, what I can say is that after watching season one i thought okay that was quite complicated and hard to follow and i was glad that um yeah. for this podcast i had the opportunity to watch it a second time which uh -huh. which helped a bit yeah but after having watched season two i take everything back and i say season one is very easy <laughs> to understand and pretty straightforward uh yeah <laughs> That's uh, probably the best uh, explanation of that because it is like it just gets more complicated. It just keeps on spreading and more and more knots and loose ends to <laughs> tie up. Yeah, yeah. I would. Uh, yeah, I think that that pretty much sums it up. Um, Mel, you have any final uh, final closing thought? Oh, we should go do our uh, plugs slash what we've been watching or whatever um mel have you been uh reading or watching anything recently before we get out of here 
Do you want to plug? Uh, I'm halfway through reading Fahrenheit 451. The Netflix Again, what? Uh, Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Okay. Is there like it's a, a classic? Is there a movie? Dystopian. Unsure where it is. It was written in or published oh. in 19. 19- Oh, sorry. I thought you said Netflix. So I was like, I need Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Okay, never mind. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a good one to read these days. And it makes me think like our current cultural. Uh, Yes, yes, I know what you're. We know what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, I just finished the two seasons of Umbrella. Oh yeah, Umbrella Academy is really good. I I love that show. I'm glad that it's you watched. Glad you another time travel show, by the way. Um, if you if you're just it's thirsting very, very, for very more, yeah, very different <laughs> rules. But if you want more time travel, Umbrella Academy, it's got you covered. And then, uh, what about you, Tim? Have you been uh, uh, watching anything or reading anything in particular? Uh, yes, yes. I'm currently reading a book of a Norwegian author. I think we talked about him in the last podcast. Oh, okay. um, I, I once recommended him to Mel, and she has become a fan as well. Nice. He usually writes, uh, you know, murder mystery things, uh, crime mm-hmm. books, yeah. uh, things like that. And he has now published a book that is um, quite different f- than what you know from him. It's oh, okay. It's not a murder mystery thing. There are some murders that are that are happening, but that's not really. It's not really the point. I, the I, I, I don't, don't want to spoil anything, okay, but okay. it is uh, it is quite different than anything I have read from him. Okay. Um, but I still want to know what happened, so I suppose it is still a good book. Yeah, yeah. yeah it still <laughs> um, keeps you invested. Yeah, I, I was a bit disappointed at first because it's not what i expected but um, Uh i noticed that i still wasn't able to put the book away at night so i thought yeah yeah no reason to be disappointed yeah yeah you know and and, uh you know i'm sure that uh artists are like you know he's probably written so many crime novels that he wants to like just have something different creatively you know are we talking about joe nesco yes we are yes yes are you Oh yeah, is do you what's the title of the newest one you're reading? Oh, I don't know what the English title is. Um What's the German title? The German title. I I, I also don't know what the Norwegian title is to be fair, but if they oh, okay, translated okay. the um English title in the same way they translated the Nor- uh, the, the the German title then in English it would probably be Their Kingdom. Okay. Oh. Okay. Nice. Nice. And uh okay. Yeah, Mel, I'm sure is gonna. I don't. Nice, nice. Yeah, I've been mostly listening to audiobooks to get a feel for how good audiobooks sound. Um, so I haven't been listening to them so much for pleasure as much as, um, you know, professional reasons. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, but yeah, as for me, I've been, um, I've been, oh, I watched the Run the Jewels, uh, Holy Kalamavote, uh, performance on YouTube. It was very good. Um, and I have more episodes of the Album Concept Hour podcast. We just finished our, we just put out our one year, uh, anniversary episode. That's also a Halloween special 
with uh, King Gizzard and the Wizard Wizards, Murder of the Universe. So please join us for our Halloween special uh, on that and uh, any episodes that have come out since then. Um, and we even have Mel coming out on an episode uh, that might already be out, and it is our K-pop episode of the Album Concept Hour where we cover BTS. So look forward to that. Um, I'll put a uh, link in the description if it's already out. And uh, yeah, we had a really, really fun time listening to some K-pop and uh, discussing that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, uh, I think that's it for season one, guys. Um, thank you, Mel, uh, for joining me on this uh, travel. Uh, I'd say I think, Tim, now you are a traveler, right? At this I point. Think he is. <laughs> Okay. I'm starting to feel like one, yes. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of like, like Jonas when he gets to the future and gets hit in the face. Like, you've traveled a little bit, you know, but you, don't, you haven't seen everything. But, yeah, you've been, you've been around. So, uh, uh, yes, welcome to Travelers. And, um, yeah, thanks for, for joining us, uh, Mel, Tim. And, uh, yeah, we will see you guys next season. All right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. As always, it has been a pleasure. The travelers are Mel and Brad LeBaron. Special thanks to Alex Wiley Coyote for the music. Until next time, the end is the beginning, and the beginning is the end of this podcast. This has been a Revolver Audio production. Executive producer Brad LeBaron. For more podcasts, visit soundcloud.com slash revolveraudio. Or to support new content, visit co-fi.com slash revolveraudio. Mmm, revolver.